In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Are you a dad who has daughters? You know, this week we have brought Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield back on the show to discuss 15 tools a dad can use in his toolbox to connect with his daughter's heart. We've broken this into a two-part series. This week we're going to be talking about tools number one through four. Stay tuned. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, did you know that last year our content reached over 7 million people in over 168 nations? You know, hey, big numbers are fun, but listen to this powerful comment we received from Matt who wrote this. Simply, you guys changed my life. Hey, praise God for that. Remember, every one of those 7 million people represents a soul and a person God deeply loves. And this month, you can help us reach people like Matt by partnering with our message to help men become their best version. When a man gets it, everyone wins. And hey, I'm excited today to bring on for our second time, Michelle Watson Canfield. For almost three decades, Michelle Watson Canfield, aka the Dad Whisperer, has been helping dads and daughters through her national speaking ministry, the ABBA Project, which is a nine-month forum for dads and daughters and teens in their 20s. She also hosts the Dad Whisperer podcast, which I highly recommend for you dads of daughters and granddaughters and her best-selling book dad here's what i really need from you a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart is our topic for today and it's such a critical message i have a feeling this episode is going to go longer than normal michelle it's so great to have you on the show Oh, it's so great to be back, Jim. Thanks for having me again. Number two. I know. Well, you know, it's funny. <laughs> we haven't had a lot of women on the podcast and it's, I was speaking in Alabama and some guys kept talking about the dad whisperer. And at the time I realized, wow, I've never heard of her and she lives an hour from my house. And right, so we right. connected that way. And you have such critical information for men. I mean, the men in Alabama just can, even when I was there in two months ago, we're, we're still talking about you, about this lady that taught Aww. us, taught us how to talk to our daughters. And so I'm really excited to get you on this show and talk about your book, dad, here's what I really need from you, a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart. Tell us about the book and why you wrote it. 
you know, it was born out of the work that I was doing with dads of daughters. So in January of 2010, I emailed 11 dads whose daughters at the time were my counseling clients in their teens and their 20s. And I had no curriculum, but the month prior, December of 09, I was reading in Luke 1, who doesn't read that part of scripture at Christmas time, mm-hmm. where God told Zechariah that his yet to be born son, John, would help turn what? Father's hearts. hearts. Father's hearts, not their heads. Yes. To their children. And I just heard God whisper to me, Michelle, that's what I want you to do. And I was like, what? I uh, didn't have a ministry to men at all. It caught me by surprise. But you know how when it's God's voice, it comes out of nowhere, it sticks with you. Yep. Two days later, I'm blow drying my hair. I just hear the name, The Abba Project. Abba meaning daddy in Aramaic. Yep. Men love a project. And I was off to the races. So then back to emailing these dads. So 10 of the 11 said, we're in, we're going to do this with you. So I have no curriculum. I have no plan, only this assignment and a download from God to help partner with God to turn the hearts of fathers to their daughters Mm. specifically. So month after month, we ended up going a year instead of six months because the guys were all in. Yeah. And every year since 10 years in a row, 12 men and me honed it to nine months. And this book is the exact curriculum that God rolled out for me month after month. And I'm not kidding you, Jim. I had no grand plan. This was only obedience. And then I would tell you in a heartbeat, I would disqualify myself from this assignment. A woman mm-hmm. talking to men about how to be fathers. That makes no sense. And yet, how many of you would disqualify yourselves from this assignment as a dad? Hey, my history, my patterns, Mm -hmm. my addictions, my brokenness, my anger, whatever. But aren't we all in the same boat saying, God, if you don't show up, I got nothing. Mm. And so that's where this book came from, In the Trenches with Dads of Daughters. Well, and how cool that a, a woman is teaching men how to speak to their daughters. It just makes sense to me. It, it just well, makes sense to me, you know? That's what guys keep saying. And then yeah. interesting, you mentioned my Dad Whisperer podcast, which was a name that Chris Fabry on Moody Radio in an interview for this book gave. He goes, you should be called like the Dad Whisperer. And I'm like, okay, so what sort of stuff? And then I've had men say, we do not like women shouting at us. And I don't know how you do it, but somehow you whisper. And I say, here's the deal, dad. I'm whispering in your ear. Mm. Hey, say it this way. And you get full credit. You do not have to tell your daughter or your wife. Remember, she's a daughter. Yep. You don't have to say where you got it. You get full credit. And I'll be in the background cheering you on. Well, you know, it's funny. when I, As I worked through your book, I realized... This stuff is stuff I use on my wife all the time without knowing it. Sadly, I realized, wow, there's 15 tools for the toolbox, which I see right behind you there. You know, some of these things I realized, oh, man, I have not done this with my wife very well. Or I need to do this better with daughter, this daughter-in-law or this daughter-in-law or this granddaughter. And so Mm -hmm. I'm excited. So in your book, you said this. You said, I want your relationship with your daughter to be strengthened so that the next generation of women is stronger and healthier than the current one. You continued. No pressure here. You said, it's up to you, Dad, to turn your heart towards hers so that she can be all she was created to be. And and Michelle, I think you and I would both agree that we are in a crisis 
uh, in America today. Not only are our men weaker than they've ever been, but our women are weaker than they've ever been. And you would think that some, some, which one of these genders would rise to the top, but they're both really struggling right now. And I think that we've created this cycle and we really need strong, dynamic women and we need strong and passionate men. At some, some point along the line, as men, we have to own up to our failure. What do you think the greatest failure of dads with their daughters is today? I truly believe, Jim, that it's dads already, back to the word I used earlier, disqualifying themselves. Oh, yeah. They've already become, and I know this word is probably not the best to use, but it's your podcast. And hey, Jim, you roll, <laughs> you, you roll like I roll. Let's keep it real. But yeah. I'm going to use the word. It'll stick. Yeah. Men do not be impotent. Yeah. And yeah. I am talking about lacking power, mm-hmm. lacking courage and boldness and initiative. It's up to you to pursue your daughter's heart because it's biblical. Last verse of the whole Old Testament, for God knows he's signing off, right, for 400 years. He says, first, it starts with the dad has to turn his heart, mm-hmm. not his head to his children, and then the children turn back or he'll come and strike the land with a curse. And that's what you're talking about everywhere we look. I want to say part two to that answer about impotence or a lack of initiative is that in my now 13 years of traveling from my planet of Venus to yours of Mars, <laughs> I've made an observation, which is that men would often rather do nothing than do it wrong. That's where that comes in. You've already talked yourself out of having what it takes, or your daughter gives you a message that honestly taps into your own rejection or insecurity. So then you say, you know what? I'm going to back off and let mom go in. She's a girl. She's got this. No, it's up to you to turn your heart first. That's how you're honoring the God who created you. You're building a bridge to God as a father. So dad, doing nothing is doing it wrong. Yeah. And I know you want to do it right. And that's where I come in. That's where Jim comes in. That's where the Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, the father, they're three in one wrapped around you. You may not have what it takes, but the God who leads you and indwells you gives you what you need because apart from him, you can do nothing. It's good that you know that on the front end. Well, it's funny that you talk about the God that indwells you in the Holy Spirit because, you know, this is a book that has to be 70,000 words. It's a big book. I mean, there's a lot of information in this book, but the next quote I was going to read you is this quote. Here's something I've discovered about men. Men would rather do nothing than do it wrong. The conclusion comes from three decades of interacting with men in various contexts and also seeing how dads tend to interact with their daughters once puberty sets. And so you just said it. You know, the, the, yeah. the, big, the big issue with us as dads is that we disqualify ourselves before we get going and we would rather not do anything than to do it wrong. And so what I hear you saying is that dad... It's okay to do it wrong as long as you're trying to do something. Figure yes, it out as you go. Fail. Yes, fail forward, if yes. you will. I mean, you do it in sports all the time, men. Yep. Think back, whatever. If you're, you're a football player on the field, you know, you don't get knocked down one time and go, I'm out of here. What do you do? You get better shoulder pads, you get a better helmet, and you get back in the yes. game, you get on the field, and you put you know, your, your values into action. You love football. You're going to, you don't care how many times you get knocked down, you get back up. So out of love for your daughter, have that same mindset. doesn't matter how many times she knocks me down. I know she needs me. 
I'm not giving up. I'm just going to find another way. Don't you do that again on the field? Yep. You don't go, I only go down the center. No, I go around, I go under, I go over. I'm going to find a way to move the ball down the field. Same with your daughter. That's so powerful. So on page 17 of your book, you talk about your why, your manifesto. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. I believe, as you said earlier, Jim, that we are going to have a healthier country from the ground up mm. with healthier women. Because if you think about it, we're the ones reproduce, carrying babies, yeah. bringing more humans into the world. And so often in, again, my clinical work, which goes back to, you know, 30 years here, but 40, if you count, when I started mentoring girls in church and youth group and camps. So a lot of decades of being in Venusian culture. I'm the oldest of four girls. So really speaking in a way for women, I would say how often have we been drawn to the, what I call the dude or the dud yeah. because dad, dad isn't stepping in and I have a father wound or a father void. So then what do I do? Look for love in all, all the, the wrong places. places. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't really care. Cause he's, he's probably a player that tells you what you want to hear but you're probably one in his lineup. And I have dads that go, I hate that. I'm like, okay, the best defense, is that how it is? Is it a good offense or is it the other way around? The best offense so, is a good defense. Good best offense. See, I'm telling you, I meant sports analogies. That's don't okay. That's me. okay. All the way. But see, I need you. You need me. Yes. Because I'm like, you got, the, you got the message. And I'm like, maybe I have the method to mm -hmm. go, okay, if that's the strategy, how do you move the ball, if you will, forward? Will your daughter doesn't even know what she needs. But isn't it the same when she was born? She's three years old. She doesn't know what she needs. She's five years old. She doesn't know what she needs. So you either talk to other dads mm. or you go to parenting conferences or you listen to your wife or you read a book or a podcast. But at the end of the day, don't you keep moving forward because you love her. So it doesn't even matter if your daughter's 15, 20, 25, 35, married, single, doesn't matter. Struggling with sexual identity or gender doesn't matter. She still needs you in her corner. And that is my manifesto is I care about dads because I care about women. And I want to see healthier women make healthier decisions. And I've never met a woman in my entire four plus decades of, of walking alongside women and being one now for almost 63 years. We never, ever regret the time we've spent with our dad when he's investing yeah. in us and listening to us and being turned toward us. But the dads that cause harm, I get that women will say, are you kidding me? I don't want time with my dad. I don't agree with you. But I'm talking about the daughters who have dads that say, I'm working on it. I'm being present as yep. best I can. In fact, Jim, I've had counseling clients. I can think of one right now. I'll call her um, Susan just for, for confidentiality's sake. And her dad sat there. She's 30 years old, married, her dad comes in to the session with her and you could tell he literally struggled to almost speak any Venusian. He was so Martian that they just missed each other. They oh. just could not connect. And I said, what if you both took this exact book? And I have a second book since this called Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters, where dads can even have more conversations. But I'm talking this one that sets a foundation for how we girls are wired, we as women. And I said, what if you both got the book, dad, buy it for her. You go on your dad-daughter date together and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just read what's there. 
out loud and go, is this true about you? Really, you think this? Because I don't even know this and you've never told me, but you've got somewhat of a template or a grid to work from. So dad, you can tell I am pro-dad. I am all pro-dad. And I'm a whispering woman in your ear going, dad, here's an idea. We're going to give you lots of practical ideas today so you can put your love into action. Well, and that's the thing. There's That's the disconnect. I spoke at a camp, a youth camp, a couple weeks ago. And the first thing I had to say to the audience, right, because most of them, the majority are women, is, hey, I'm a men's ministry guy, but I got to tell you, I am extremely... I'm probably the greatest advocate for strong women you will ever hear because I realize if you have a weak woman, she will produce a male and or a weak man, and we need strong women. And you're saying the same thing. You're pro-women, and you know that the greatest way to produce strong women is to have a strong dad. And so, but you said something. You said these, and in fact, your book, Let's Talk, uh, we had you on our podcast about that book. That's a great episode. And I remember reading the story uh, or something very similar. You talk about dads and daughters missing each other. And, you know, there's a 2004 national poll that came out and really talked about the disconnect between dads and daughters. Do you remember that poll? Yeah. In fact, at that time, there, there were two different studies by two different organizations. If I'm referring to the one you're mentioning where they asked dads, how close do you and your daughter feel? And about 75% of the dads said, we're close. This other organization around the same time interviewed daughters randomly and asked them, how close do you feel to your dad? And about 75% of them said, not very close. I can't talk to him about sex. I can't talk to him about emotional issues. In fact, there's even Barner research that shows among teenagers in this about 2,500 person study, you know, about a 500 were teenagers said, I go to mom for spiritual support. I go to mom for emotional support, but I go to dad for logistical help and for money, mm. which is great. Let's call it division of labor. But it brings up the question for me is how do men strengthen their emotional capacity how did dad strengthen their spiritual capacity to be able to invest in their kids more, I would call full bodied in a fuller way, because that's what kids need from you, dad. And again, Jim and I are all about equipping you to lead. And that's that second book. It has five sections, lead her to laugh, lead her to love, lead her to look, lead her to lament, walking with her through grief and lead her to listen. Mm. And so Both of these books that I've written are in the trenches, practical action books so that you as a dad can know your daughter, understand her better, learn to speak Venusian. And here's the other thing, guys. We on Venus figure things out by what? Talking. Yes. That's how we figure things out. By and large, this is a generalization. But Jim, tell me what you think of this. But I have found that more men, they figure things out in their cave and then come out and tell you what they've considered or thought of or factored in. And we don't work that way. So the more you can help facilitate talking and listening, talking and listening, the better qualified and your competence builds, your confidence builds. And the more, when I say qualified, meaning again, you're not qualified on the front end because God doesn't call the equipped. Mm -hmm. He equips the called. We've all heard that quote. So you just get in there. That's what qualifies you. You're qualified because God put you as her dad. Mm-hmm. That already qualifies you to step in. 
It's on you. Well, it's interesting. You said that daughters will generally go to their dad for logistical support. But if dad is not number one in her lineup, the guy she's going to go to for emotional support will be some 16-year-old kid you know, who, who has something um, else on the brain or some 22 year old co college student who has something else he's thinking about. And so, so for dads, yeah, the logistical part's important, but if we don't connect with her heart, she yeah. will connect that heart to some other dude. Come on. And, and do that's you remember critical. that analogy we've all heard about, you know, in the federal Bureau of Investigation, how those that study fraud and counterfeit, yes, where do they spend their time? studying the real thing yep. so any version that's an alternate that's a fake or a counterfeit stands out so dad the more your daughter experiences real love real connection real attunement real listening i would even say real fun real play real laughter she's not going to fall for the for the counterfeit because you've already taught her in real life and modeled what it's like to have real, true, authentic connection. Yeah, we had one mom write into us, and she said, "Because of your ministry, my three, she, they had three daughters." She said, "Because of your ministry, my daughters finally have a dad to measure all men against." And I thought that is the goal, right? Oh. Isn't that the goal that the that we are raising daughters that have their dad as such a great example? They can measure all other men against their dad. I mean, that's really the goal. But, you know, one of the things that you mentioned when you talked about guys, we tend to shut down if we can't get it right. I think when it comes to figuring out our daughters, there is an element there where we get frustrated. We are we we go into fix it mode and we have a tendency uh, when we're frustrated because we can't figure it out. We play the power card. Can you talk to us about this power card and why it's so dangerous when it comes to our daughter's hearts? Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you asked this because it is to me probably the number one issue that I hear from all these decades of talking mm. with women where there's been the most damage done to their heart, which is through dad's anger. Yeah. And I, in fact, I remember a few years ago, I was at a church and they were like, turn around and greet someone, which most of them do. And they said, we're going to give you four minutes. Okay. See, so you actually time. have a bit more of that awkward time of now, what do we talk about? Yeah. But it was so cool, Jim, because this guy lit up talking about his two and a half year old daughter. You could tell she was at that age where she could do no wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in then the conversation, he looked at me when he found out I coached dads of daughters, right. To the podcast to dads of daughters. He goes, okay, in 20 seconds, Tell me what I need to know. Go. And I doesn't that sound like a Martian way yeah. of saying it? I want to know everything in 20 seconds. Yeah. You know, but I love it. Because again, I speak Martian. So I yeah. rose to the occasion yeah. Yeah. and I said, actually, I'm gonna do you better. I got three words. Drop your anger. That's it. I said, you will do more damage to her heart through your anger than anything else because your anger, it crushes the core of who she is. Wow. Your anger destroys her spirit. Wow. Your anger shuts her down. Your anger will make her stop trying. Your anger will be internalized and she will believe that she's not worthy and that she's unlovable. So wow. I said, the best gift you can give your daughter, because what happened is he was still listening. So I went past my 20 seconds and I said, make a commitment now to set a foundation to never respond in anger, which I know sounds really grandiose, I'll never. But really, I love James 119 in the message that says, 
lead with your ears, follow along with your tongue, and let anger straggle along in the rear, meaning you got two ears. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, in my 15 tools, that's one of them is how do you become an active listener? Yeah. That's number one of all the 15 tools is starting with saying, I'm going to be more intentional about listening twice as long as I talk. And I love how one of the dads in the Ava project once said, the more I listen, I realized that the, the thing I, the question I was going to answer is actually not the question she was going to ask. Oh, once I Whoa. listened longer, I was like, Oh, these are two different things. I was like, okay, that'll preach. Wow. Well, you know, it's interesting because you told that gentleman to block his anger. And so, here, but here's here's my thought. So if we're going to play that power card, there's anger attached to it oftentimes. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yes. And so, absolutely. so but later on in the book, you talk, you talk to the dads about activating their heart, that the dad needs to activate their heart. So how does blocking one's anger and activating, I'm not talking about activating their daughter's heart. I'm talking about activating the man's heart. How does a guy access that? Because that sounds Venetian to me, Venusian to me a little bit. So talk to me about what does it look like for me to activate my heart regarding the women in my life? Okay. Well, welcome to Venus. I'm going to have a two-part answer for you. Well, Lots no. of words. Hey, I know right? that. There's a book called The Female Brain. Uh-huh. And Dr. Brizendine says, women speak 20,000 words a day. Men oh. speak 7,000 words I a day. I know. So I'm going to use up all my words right here. But here's what I would say, two-part. So one of them is that, Dad, if you want to activate your own heart, think of words that are heart, I would say, correlated or heart-related. It's softer, right? That's a heart word. Mm -hmm. It means gentle. It means kind. It means things that sadly aren't always valued on your planet. Mm. It's intuitive. Sometimes I always say men read lines. Women read between lines. That's that intuitive. For sure. Where men are like, where'd you get that out of that? And we're over here going, how could you miss it? Woohoo, miss each other. But heartfelt Heart attuned is that softer side of your heart. So you are to actually creating something new by dialing into your daughter's heart. You're actually activating what's already there because God has made all of us with a heart after him. Mm. I mean, you think of how many times through scripture, it's heart, heart, heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Yep, yep. That's listed first. Well, that is more emotive. Maybe intuitive. Sometimes, you know, God isn't blasting us with a message, but during worship, we'll get a revelation of something or convicted. See how it's more intuited in that process. Yeah. So that's my first part of the answer is that's what it means at a heart level to connect with your daughter. And a way that you can do that, this is a practical, this this is a freebie right here. It's not even one of the 15 tools, (laughs) but it's that if you want to be a more dialed in dad at a heart level, look at her eyes. Actually, learn to read her eyes as well. That is one of them. I, I, guess all does, I guess it does all tie together. See, I can't even get away. I know. I know. I was like, man, if she can, if I thought if she can pull this off and pull a 16th one out of her hat, I'm going to be impressed. No, I, yeah, okay. I do kind of have a whole other 16th one. So be surprised. I bet, I, be surprised. I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but uh, back to this thing, though, about learning to read her eyes. Dad, so often think about the last time she pushed all the buttons that got on your last nerve or your son. You probably weren't looking in 
their eyes, your daughter's eyes. You were looking at what she missed or what she didn't pick up or what she broke or what she didn't do right Mm. or how she didn't comply. But when you turn your head, then your heart will also turn. I mean, isn't that interesting? God uses that language. Whoever says, hey, turn your heart over here. Mm -hmm. We say, turn your head. Yeah. But when you turn your head to your daughter, your heart will follow. And when you look in her eyes, sometimes you might see fear at your power. I mean, I think of how often I've heard daughters say things like, he gets so mad. And dads are like, what are you talking about? I wasn't loud. I wasn't powerful. And she's melting because we have, right, we have different volumes on our planets. Or sometimes dads go, have you ever heard her when she's yelling at me? Oh, she has lungs on her. But remember, you can't start there, dad. Yeah, You're the one in the lead. You're the adult. It's on you to set the pace because more is caught than taught. If you want your daughter to be less aggressive or less reactive, ask yourself, what kind of model am I setting? Which leads yeah. me into the second part, which kind of ties into a, to a 16th tool, if you will. <laughs> Dad, here's a way that you attune your heart. And I don't think men are going to like this one because this one's really hard. And that is that you've got to do your own work. Mm. In fact, I just spoke at a parent conference this last weekend. I was actually did four talks in one day. And here's how I started it, Jim. I said, let's just say that every one of us are a car and we're driving down the road of life. And the light comes on the dashboard. And this could represent your daughter or any of your kids, but pushing one of your buttons meaning you're fine until they push a button. So on the dashboard comes that red light. You can either grab a hammer and bang it out so it goes out because you're like, I don't like red lights. Or you can pull the car over, disconnect the wires. Voila, the light goes out. But really, if you ignore that, Mm. that light coming on, you're going to have a worse problem later on because it's saying something you can't see is happening right now in your car and you would be wise to attend to it Mm. so dad if you want to have a heart connection to your daughter what i'm saying is you got to pull your car over lift the hood up and look at the your own wiring in your own car because most often your reaction of power is tied to some unfinished business Mm. and some unhealed wounds in your own life and in your own story and so you sometimes are rising up and reacting over something hardwired behind the wall way back there in your own stuff, in your own story. And she just happens to push the button. But remember, the button was already put in the car, your car, long before you were ever a dad. So that's kind of a power-packed answer that I am, am underscoring. It's really hard work to do your own work. And I'm not sitting here trying to just, quote, unquote, market myself as a coach to dads of daughters, but more and more, I'm now living in Arkansas, not an hour away from you anymore, but I'm doing coaching with dads across the country that say, the bridge is bombed out. I don't know what to do. And so I'm getting in the trenches with more guys across the country. When I was in Oregon, it was more local. Mm -hmm. And I'm so honored that men would trust me and open up. But I'm like, you're going to have to do some of your own work and invite Jesus in and God the Father into your story. And that's how your heart will heal so that out of you will come something more congruent with the heart that God has for you. Well, and I would add a 16B to that (laughs) since we've got 16 and 16B would say, and when you don't check that, fix that light and you, I I taped over my, uh, I had a, uh, 
airbag light and I finally got tired of it. I just taped over it. I'm like, it's fixed. It's fine. I just taped over it. I thought, hope my wife isn't there when I get in a wreck. But I mean, instead of taping over it or pulling it out or smashing with a hammer during those times when we are trying to figure out, because Philippians 1, 6 says, I'm confident of this very thing. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. So I, I think 16B would be telling the women in our lives, our daughters, our granddaughters, our wives, when we blow it, just we need to be really affluent with saying, I'm sorry. Just tell them we're sorry. I mean, okay. I think I think that's important. Okay, I got now I got 16C. <laughs> I think the reason that forgiveness, I'm gonna put that in quotes, yes. doesn't often hold. Oh. And then people go, I said I was sorry. Why aren't we good? There, I have a three part. I'm saying there are three parts to, to a forgiveness cycle. Uh-huh. So when you say I'm sorry, follow it with I'm sorry for. Oh, specifics. That's number one. Be specific. Number two. Mm-hmm. Then ask her or him, tell me how I hurt you. Oh. I just did. There's got to be a voice given from the one that's been hurt. Because if you say, I'm sorry, it's all on you. Yeah, that's good. I'm sorry. So the second part has got to be, tell me how I hurt you. And that voice that is activated, let's all say daughter on her end. Now you get to hear it. And then number three is, will you forgive me? Yeah. Because that's what allows that bridge to, to have some boards put back on it or some cement ports so that you can travel back and forth. So that isn't always something I hear talked about. And so that's in my clinical work, what I'm trying to help guide so that amends can be made. But Jim, I mean, you, you're you in the trenches with men. How often have you heard that I'm sorry, just say I'm sorry, but it maybe doesn't really restore at a heart level, I would say the relationship. Do you Well, that? Well, we raised our children to never say we're sorry, but to say, will you forgive me? We thought there mm. was more power in the forgiveness and it's biblical because a kid can be, or a person can be sorry for doing something, but when you ask for forgiveness, that's saying, I want to make this right with you, which is why Jesus taught us to pray, forgive us our sins as we forget, you know, because we want, it's about making the heart right. And you said in your book, you said this, and I, I thought this is interesting because we're kind of going back to this blocking your anger and activating your heart. You said a girl can tell if her dad has his heart turns toward her or if his only his head is turned. And so, you know, we may think we're fooling our daughters, but we are only fooling ourselves. So I want to jump in to uh, the toolbox and we just did number 16, I guess. So we're going to go one, <laughs> we're going to go one through 15 plus that first one, which is number 16, but we're not going to number them off because I know guys are out there counting. We're just going to work through them. And so I want okay. you to explain the toolbox behind you before we jump into uh, these tools that you give dads to help with their daughters. How often have you men had the mindset or had the words come out of your mouth? Just tell me how to fix it, Mm. right? Okay, I can tell I'm making it worse. I can tell you're angry at me right now or you've distanced or you're slamming the door or whatever. Or in divorce situations, you don't want to come over to my house and a lot of estrangement. That's where I would say probably 75% of the emails I get are from dad's whose hearts, literally, their hearts are all over the page of bleeding out from estranged relationships with their daughters due to divorce and other things. But at the end of the day, I love when men say, tell me what to do to fix it. 
So to try to put this in tangible, practical, I would say, action steps, right? Because nobody likes an action hero that doesn't take action. Nobody yep. wants a Superman just plopping out, you know, hanging out on the top of the hit of the hill or the top of the building. I want to see what you're going to do mm-hmm. to put your your heroic you know, action steps mm-hmm. into motion, right? That's what we all live for. I mean, you guys still do. How many, what's the last movie you went to that was the action figure that against all odds rose above it all and, you know, conquered. I mean, that's, that's a dude movie. If ever there was one. Oh, so yeah. like, okay, guys, in real life, if you want to be a hero, you got your fathering toolbox. See, I got it right behind me. Red box. If you're listening to this and can't see it, it's a red toolbox and I have the words fathering toolbox on it. And it actually opens up and I got tools in there. And uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of them today. Well, let's let's start off now. Are these in descending order from most important to least? Or did you just kind of throw them out as they popped into your brain? Well, the answer is yes and no. But the first few, I would say the first three to four, actually, I put those as foundational. Okay. Purposely. Some of the other ones like about romance or that kind of thing or building a bridge to God as a father. Some of that could go anywhere. But the first three, four, key, which isn't it kind of that way when you're doing a project? I mean, back to the car. Absolutely. You're like, you've got to start here and then you can fine tune and fiddle over here. We've got to start with some of the basics. No, absolutely. Well, let's start at the ground level then. Let's talk about, yeah. you've already mentioned it a little bit, but let, your first tool is to be an active listener. Now, you know, one of my favorite videos out there on YouTube is called, It's Not About the Nail. The nail. And, and honestly, that that video says it all, but help us dads. I mean, help us because we do want to fix it. We want to, when our daughter comes to us, or our wife comes to us, or even our granddaughters, you know, that we want to tell them the best way to make this all go away for them. But that really isn't what they're asking, right? So help us. How do we become a better listener? I'm putting the word active in front of it. How can we become a better active listener? What does that mean? Start without talking. Remember, two ears, one mouth. So think, listen first, talk next, talk second. And I love how one of the Abba Project dads said it with his three daughters during the course of the nine months, he said, I have three daughters and I realize I get it wrong more than I get it right. And then I'm trying to help and she's mad at me. And so I learned to say, is this a listen session or a fix it session? Yes. Maybe, maybe the word session would be offensive. Is this a listening time? But I think he used the word session, but I love that. It's ask for clarification on the front end so you can pace with your daughter. So the foundation is learning to grow your own skill set as an active listener, which means you're going to set the remote down. You're going to look in her eyes. Mm. And I know that there's research on how men do better with shoulder to shoulder orientation, yeah. which is why a lot of times car rides are a great bonding time for a lot of dads with their kids because you don't have to look at each other across a table. Mm-hmm. But, but really, we as women, we don't know you're listening unless we can see your eyes. So it's that thing like, you're not listening. And you're like, yes, I am. But you're not looking at me. So it means you look at her. Because again, you're you're right now learning to speak Venusian. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we're talking about here. So if you want to connect with your daughter's heart, turn toward her, nod your head up and down, mm. put your remote down, turn your phone off. If, In fact, it really speaks volumes if you do get a text buzz or a phone call that you actually don't even look. You turn mm, it off and yes. give her the message. You're more important. So I would say that is a foundational place to start is being intentional and think about reps. 
if you go to the gym, you start with two pound, one pound, two pound, five, ten. You're aren't you always trying to build muscle mm -hmm. by increasing the weight? Mm -hmm. So you may say that is just not my strong suit. Well, learn to have it be one by being intentional of lifting more weights, doing more reps in smaller amounts as you grow that skill set, and you'll get there. Yeah, this was really foundational to the others because many of the other ones involve listening. But if you don't get this first one, you're going to be hamstrung, especially with women who you said use 20,000 words a day to R9, which really yeah. makes a great match because we can just ask a question and let them run. I mean, that's yes. the beautiful thing about it. Now, I will say this to you guys. Listen, guys, eye to eye. You, you've got to meet her where she's at. She does life eye to eye. We do life shoulder to shoulder. You've got to meet her where she's at. That is critical. So hear what Michelle is saying here. Meet her eye to eye. Become an active listener. Okay, so that's really I – love, I love that. That's foundational. And we're not spending a ton of time there because everything yeah. really revolves around that. And now this one here, I read a book uh, two years ago on evangelism, and this second tool – really impacted me deeply when it came to an evangelistic, uh, you know, a constant missionary mindset. And I thought this is so important with our daughters, though. And again, and our wives, because our wives are somebody's daughter, right? But yeah. I love this. I, I love this. My wife, I'm still figuring her out after 30 years. And so one <laughs> of the ways I do that is the second point you talk about learning how to wonder, not wander, guys, not wander. <laughs> Learn yeah. how, the the guys are going sex, sex, no, Wa wonder. Bring it in. I know, bring it in, boys, bring it in. Learn how to wonder about your daughter. So, mm -hmm. tell us how this works when you tell men to wonder. Uh, there's yep. so much there. I mean, this I, I think about your your point, your tool, your tool about treating her like a princess. There's so many things that really fall into this wonder category, this yep. desire for pursuit. But what do you mean when you're talking about learning how to wonder? Okay. So the two words, dads, you know, you often say, like we just said, women speak 20,000 words a day. You're gonna love this one because it's only two words. That if you learn to put the two words, I'm wondering ah. in front of your sentence, in front of your question, you will notice that her heart will open. And I've got a story for you. I had a dad in the Alba Project named Nandy, four boys and the youngest 17-year-old Megan. As recent as this week, because this family, they're friends with my parents. And my mom said, you know that Andy and Megan, they talk every day and she has three kids married now because of what dad did at 17 to course correct. It's never too late, but here's the deal. He said she was skipping school and her grades were dropping senior year and he would go, you know, he's a police chief or excuse me, fire chief. So he's used to guys, all men, all the time. There weren't women much in it then. So he literally would just bark the orders right to Megan and go, why didn't you go to school today? And he goes, either the claws would come out or the wall would go up. Mm. I couldn't get anything. We don't hardly have a relationship. We don't get along. And I don't know what to do. And I said, okay, I got one for you. Got a tool for your toolbox. I want you to go home, ask the exact same question and put the two words I'm wondering in front of the question. He's like, what do I have to lose? Goes home. Hey, Megan, he's thinking about it. I'm wondering, why didn't you go to school today? And she goes, oh, we had an early release. And so I hung out with it. And he was like, what just happened? 
And I said, your tone changed. Yep. He heard it not as an attack and an inquisition, but she heard that as actually a legitimate curiosity question that invited a response. And so sometimes, men, you don't hear your tone. They say, experts say, we're, you know, communication is 7% words, 38% tone of voice, and 55% body language. So sometimes back to that power thing, Jim, that you were talking about, you know, you're bigger than her. Your stance and your presence sometimes when you're barking an order that to you doesn't sound like anything more than a legitimate question and you're frustrated. Like, why aren't you going to school? She's like, I ain't telling you. This is how I have the power. I'm not talking to you. So when you say I'm wondering, it comes across as a curiosity invitational kind of question that opens her heart up to go, oh, you really want to know? Okay, then I'll really tell you. Well, so I had written this down, curiosity and inquisitiveness. Those two words say to your daughter, he is pursuing me because our daughters want to be pursued by their dad in a healthy way. And if our dad is not pursuing them, some other boy will be. And so she's, when you wonder when it, it can be, I would say the school illustration is great, but it can even be, I'm wondering, honey, did you change your hair color? I'm wondering today, my wife sent me a picture. I said, Oh, you have a different color lipstick. I love those. And she's like, Oh, I just scored points. Cause I noticed so always yes. inquisitive, always curious, always noticing. And then she sees that as, our daughters see that as, he's pursuing me because he still yes. wants to know about me. It's you know, a and health- I love, Jim, that you just, you took that to a 2.0 because I was talking about speaking the words. You talked about the mindset. Yes. I'm getting curious and wondering so that what I then, oh, I noticed your lipstick. Yeah. It was a mindset of curiosity, and that that's that's really powerful. I'm glad you added that. Well, I mean, because I think inherent in the women in my life is they, you know, my wife, my daughters, my granddaughter, they want to be pursued. Even my mom. I mean, they want to know that a man yes. who loves them in a healthy way, according to the relationship, is noticing things about them. You know, that's Absolutely. that, and that's you know, I don't spend hours a day looking in a mirror. I'm a dude. I I don't do that, but that's what our, you know, that's, you know, and we're going to get into this later. So let's move into the next tool. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin all this stuff because there's, there's some great stuff here. So the next tool now we're still foundational, right? We're foundational. And this really, in, in my mind, when I read number three, I thought two and three really go hand in hand. So Mm. if number two is, is, is learn how to wonder, wondering number three, and you alluded to this one at number one even is ask questions. So you separated this from the first two. How is question asking different than the first two? Okay. So this is another foundational skill. Absolutely. Which sets the foundation actually born out of my coaching dads that said, what do we do now that the ABBA project's over? Because you gave us questions, but we're not ready to do it on our own because we mess up. We could say, I would always say, roll me under the bus. If your daughter doesn't like the question, I'm your fall guy. And they're like, we love that. And so they're like, now what do I do? So that's why I wrote 60 conversation starters on topics. I love that book. So that dads have, I I would say, a tool in their hand where they can't do it wrong. You just blame me. But back to this thing about questions. Men, what I'm going to teach you now will make you a better manager at work. It'll make you a better husband, a better 
a coach. It'll make you a better dad. Literally, this will be life-changing. There is actually an art to asking good questions. And I remember when I was in grad school in Portland, uh, first round of it at getting my master's, my very first counseling class, Dr. Joan McElroy said, you will be a better therapist if you learn to ask better questions. And I would say the same thing to you as dads. You're going to be a better dad if you learn operative word. You don't just know how to do this. You can learn how to ask good questions. So how you ask good questions, dad, is that you, this is my, my way of coaching dads. As I say, do you remember back in school where you learned who, what, when, where, why, and how? Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Mm Mm-hmm. Remember, we all learned the who, what, when, where, why, and how thing. That was my go-to youth pastor announcement. Like, that was how we did it. That's the perfect flyer right there. Oh, on the flyer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where are we going to meet? Yeah. Who, what, when, where, why, how? So when it comes to asking good questions, Dad, there's one of those that I would encourage you to pull out and use very sparingly, and it's the why. Mm. Because oftentimes it leads to a looping answer. Why didn't you do that? I don't know. Why, Why did you just hit your sister? I don't know. Why did you just, it, and you don't get anywhere with why very often. So that's, use it yeah. sparingly. Yeah. That's so where I, you, ins- that's where you insert number two, say, I'm wondering. Yes, yes, exactly. So instead of saying I'm why wondering. I'm wondering, mm, come on, keep it. I'm sorry. I, I interrupted you. Keep going. No, no, you did it. We are a team here. And I yeah. love this. You're, you're making it better because you're, you're enhancing even some of the things. Cause obviously I don't know everything. I'm just telling you men, Here's what I have found as a woman working with girls and women. But here's the thing. So who, what, when, where, how, okay, is on the left side. Picture a piece of paper. You draw a line in the middle. You got that on the left side. On the right side, the way you ask good questions is to listen for her key word in the sentence. Oh. Or her last word of the sentence. So if your daughter is a talker and you're like, Hey, how was it at school? And she's like, oh yeah, it was great today because my friends, we all met for lunch and then we had, we didn't know we were going to eat. And so we went over to the common and then we all got Chick-fil-A and then we went and you're just like, oh my good, what? I don't even know. Was the keyword her friends? Was the keyword Chick-fil-A? Was the keyword it was lunchtime? And you're like, I don't know where to land this plane. There's too many keywords. She might get to the very end and go. And so we all sat there and it was so awkward. And you're like, I got that word. What was awkward? Yes. How was it awkward? Where were you? Did you say again where it was awkward? Dad, I said it was a lunch, but it got the conversation going. Yep. Yep. Sometimes you men work way harder than you need to because you're like, you know, you pick her up from school and you go, hi, honey, how was your day? And she says, fine. And you go, oh, good. And you go home and mom goes, how was her day? And you go, fine. And she's like, that's a non-answer answer on Venus. And you think if you wanted to tell me more, you would have told me more. But she's saying, if you wanted to know more, you would have asked more. And you're like, you're making me nuts. So again, dads, I'm I'm helping you decode women. We say, ask me more questions and I'll know that you care more. So when you say, what about your day was fine? There it is. Tell me, you know, you can even do a tell me more. I had an Auburn Project dad say that's one he uses all the time. Tell me more. It's kind of a version of those. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. What was fine? Well, you know that guy like like today, like inquire, like he came and talked to me. You don't have to go, no, what are you guys working on? Inquire. You don't have to go into a whole nother thing, whole nother topic, whole nother scenario. Stay with the one she just gave you. And it's like opening up a flower. Mm-hmm. 
What's the guy's name? She just said that guy I like. What's his name again? What do you like about Eric. him? What do you, and then use her exact words. Cause you could do that one. What do you like about him? Yep. But if she didn't tell you what she liked yet, use her exact words. That's how she knows you're listening. So you might say, Aaron, no, tell me where Aaron's inquire. Yes. Cause she just said, Aaron inquire. Tell me more about Aaron inquire. That's a great one to use. If you don't know what, who, what, when, where, how to go which direction to go in. Just throw that one. Tell me more about Aaron, about choir. Well, he's in the section over there and I'm over here. And so I had to walk right past him. Where were you when you walked right past him? I was right there in the front of the class and everyone saw me. What was that like when everyone was seeing you? I totally turned red. Dad, I was dying because I didn't want anybody to know. And now they were all, see where she was? Yeah. She was a key part of more information. So do you think that's practical enough for just who, what, when, where, how, keyword or last word, and then you just ask her a follow-up so she knows you're listening because you repeated back what she said. You know, it's interesting, Michelle, because <clears throat> if my wife asks me a question that's that is not open-ended or is a yes-no, I'll give her a yes-no, I'll give her a one word. And so my initial thought was don't ask your daughter open-ended or one-word uh, questions. But but I but really that's not true because you can ask your daughter a one-word answer and she'll turn it into more as long as you're asking the question. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, that, so, and I've had some dads that say, I'm really not good at asking questions. I just go, oh, I give one-word answers to her really long statement. But your daughter will not believe you heard her. Yeah. There's a kind of a difference maybe between listening and hearing. And so active listening, I love that you emphasize that, Jim, because active listening doesn't mean you give one word answers. Oh, hmm. Great. On Mars, that's on, on Mars, you to ask more questions on Mars, living shoulder to shoulder. That's perfect. But on yep. Venus, that is absolutely unacceptable. You can say, oh, and just if you say, oh, repeat what she said with a who, what, why, a who, what, when, how. Yes. Now she's off and rolling again. It's I, yes. I, I, here's how I look at it. When I when I interact, I'm with my wife mostly. She's the number one woman I interact with, obviously. But it's like it's like you're trying to keep a ball rolling. Yes. So the ball's rolling on a flat surface, and the way you keep that ball rolling is at engaging in in questions, right? And so that yep. and it and really it's as guys we think it's hard. It's not hard because. Our, our, our daughters want to talk. Yep. They want and to talk. Guys get football. Yes. First down, second down. You're moving the ball. Move the Who ball. Watch a, a football game where we all sat and looked at it sitting right there on the first down. Like you, you, in your other parts of your life at work, in sports, you move things forward. So you already are wired to do this. Yep. I'm just adding a little bit of coaching ideas to fine tune what you're doing over here to bring it into your relationship so, with your daughter. So our next tool, when I, I, I really, this one threw me off a little bit because I didn't, and I still am not 100% sure here. Okay. It makes a lot of sense to me. I know why it's here, but as you unpack the first three tools, I'm like, oh, this makes sense that this is number four now because when I'm wondering, when I'm active listening, when I am asking questions, I am inviting her to share her voice. 
And if she's a 12-year-old or 9-year-old or I have a 7-year-old granddaughter, you know, helping them, and this is the tool number four, help them, help her find her voice. So define her voice for us. That's That's a great question because some of you men may say, oh, my daughter has no problem using her voice. Uh, so I am not talking about her volume, her specific words. If you think about it, it's more of a metaphor for her own unique sound in the world. Mm. Is that what would it be like again when you think about a choir or an orchestra if it was only one instrument and everyone played the exact same notes and it, it would really lack fullness. And so your daughter often will feel like she's just one in a million, mm. like watered down. And again, with all the social media and all TikTok and all the voices, hers is so often, in her own view, the least important, the least valuable. She's just one in a sea of millions of voices, and she wants to stand out. So when we talk about helping your daughter find her voice, it's helping her know what is she passionate about? How does she want to change the world with what tugs at her heart? How can you join her in supporting that? Even in the last decade, how much more self-absorbed do we see kids are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My platform, my TikTok, my following. I mean, even in a decade, it doesn't look the same, does it? Mm-mm. And so there could be frustration on the part of dads of, I am sick of her being so self-absorbed. In fact, I do remember a dad once in the Ava Project saying those words to me about his eighth grade daughter. And I said, you know, here's the thing. And I said, I act this out with my clients a lot. Like I'll pull my, push my hair back and I'll say, hey, don't notice my earrings right now. You know, and I just start moving my head and they're dangling and I'm like, but don't look at them. Just notice what I'm saying. And they're laughing. And I'm like, hey, look at my ring. Look at my wedding ring here. You know, and I tell the story that Ken gave me this ring in D.C. at the Museum of the Bible. And I got married at 60 for the first time. Guess what? They are not looking at my earrings anymore. So the only way to not look somewhere is you have to look somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So, Dad, you can say all day long, don't focus on yourself. Don't be self-absorbed. Don't spend so much time on social media. But for your daughter to find her unique voice, it means you're listening, asking questions. What are you passionate about? Watch what brings tears to her eyes when she maybe hears about sex traffic girls or about Mm -hmm. dogs Mm -hmm. when there's a commercial on TV and they need a home or foster kids that don't have anywhere and volunteer with her. Because that was this dad said, how do I get my daughter not be so self-absorbed? And I said, volunteering. And he goes, oh, I love that. I go, she'll get her eyes off herself. She won't be here. You have to look somewhere else. And guess what I then added? You're going to need to do it with her. That'll take it to a whole nother level. You're not going to believe what he said. Not going to happen. Oh. He said, no way. I'm too busy. He goes, that is not my thing. I, that's just, it's really uncomfortable for me. And I just thought, oh my goodness. Is that maybe why she's where, in part, not the whole thing. Yeah. But dad, join your daughter in participating in what she's passionate about. You know, I even recently had a a friend of mine, this is literally last week said, when my husband gets home from work, 
he sits on the couch and plays video games. And that's how he unwinds. And he's there. He's present. But she said, if our kids came up at three kids, talk to him. He's right there, open. But he doesn't initiate the pursue, initiate. He doesn't do that. He doesn't go to them. So I don't know all of his story. But dad, when you're, and he has a daughter. Her voice means put down the remote, knock on her door. What are you working on? What are you looking at? Go sit on the floor and watch TikTok videos with her. You might go, I, she's already spending too much time. Well, guess what? It changes it when you're with her. Finding what tugs at her heart. I have another friend, Justin Bat. He wants his daughter to build a uh, kind of a, a platform on helping teenagers dress for the body they have. So he's helped oh. her find a website name. He's helped her find someone that could build her website out. And she's 14 years old. Wow. He her at her age to use a passion to help others. So find what your daughter is passionate about. That's her voice in the world. And join her in in activating that voice, that calling, that gifting even more. Wow. Men, if this podcast today has helped you, please consider partnering with us with a monthly or a one-time donation. You can do that at meninarena.org slash donate. Every dollar helps. And remember, when a man gets it, everyone wins. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And... What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for around the world and find out the type of dad you are.